Welcome to our painting. This is Saratova Best. We are in Parshas Lech Lecha, and we are now wondering, why do we need a land, a holy land, a land of Israel, in order for everything in our Judaism to be fully integrated? Can't we just, you know, just be Jewish, do stuff? You don't need a, a physical land for this whole system to work. Why can't it be a complete system? There's myself. There's God. There's Torah. Good enough. That's, 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 that's good enough to work on that. Why do we have to have in the equation a physical land, the land of Israel? And if we don't have the whole land of Israel, then somehow the whole equation of me and Hashem and Taira does not really work fully. It doesn't all sync up fully. Why? You know, give it up, right? Just there's us. We have a relationship. We would say there are there are two elements. There's myself and Hashem. You know, and, and okay, and with His Torah, that's enough. So the answer, well, the beginning of the answer is is the following. When we see that Lech Lecha is the Lech Lecha Me'artzucha, first of all, Lech Lecha is the beginning of the process of is the preparation for Matan Torah. But when Avraham Avinu is told Lech Lecha, and when we're saying this, we're thinking this week, Avraham Avinu, Abraham Accords, we're, 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 we want to have in mind both. We want to have in mind the story of 3,300 and some years ago when Avraham Avinu was first told this, at, when he was 75 years old. And simultaneously, we want to have a side-by-side picture in our mind of what's going on this week and the past few weeks with the Abraham Accords. Same Avram Avinu, overseeing, as we said yesterday, that his children should come to a new level of cooperation. The reason that people are afraid of this new level of cooperation is because it was co-opting rather than cooperating. Yishmo and Esau would, in the past couple of decades, got together to get Yaakov Avinu to just uh, sell out and give away everything that he had achieved and gained in Eretz Yisrael for some silly piece of paper. And you'll still you still still see today people who are saying this whole Abraham Accords thing is a useless piece of paper. Here we go again, a useless piece of paper for what seems like some silly nonsense agreement. And yet there are other people, wise rabbis, who are saying this is something very different, the Abraham Accords. What Avram Avinu is doing in these weeks with his children is very different from what was being done in the past in the past years. Because you see, even just practically, what the Yidden, the Israelis, the land of Israel, the people in Israel, are being asked to give in exchange for this peace accord is very, 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 very different from what they were asked to give in past decades. Basically, we were giving up the land. We were giving away our land, God forbid, for for a useless piece of paper, Camp David agreement, Camp David meetings, etc. We gave away our own holy land, God forbid, Rahman Islam, for a useless piece of paper, useless agreement. 
We aren't being asked to give away our land at this point. On the contrary, yesterday, President Trump made all settlements in Yesha, which used to be Yesha, uh, Yehuda Shamran in Aza. We don't have Aza anymore. Aza is Gaza. We don't have it anymore. It's called Yesha. Now I guess it's just called Yesh, Yehuda and Shamran. The, the territories, you know, Judah and Samaria, Samaria, the West Bank, called the West Bank. Yesha, again, it was called Yesha, and now it's called Yesh. Nobody wants to call it Yesh. I guess it means Yesh. What could Yesh mean? Like they do when they have, I'm just saying parenthetically, when they have soccer games in Israel, on Shabbos, unfortunately, and that, and somebody's team wins, they get so excited, they jump up, and what do they say? On Shabbos, watching a soccer game, and their team won, everybody jumps up, and they say, Yesh Elohim, Yesh Elohim. On Shabbos, watching their soccer game. That's what a Jew feels. When his soccer game wins, he feels like there's a God who runs the world. Yes, 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 yes. So it can be the yes, now that we have these West Bank settlements called yes. The yes amiti, the true existence, the yes amiti. Okay. So we have President Trump who said, although for many years, the settlements in the West Bank, the Jewish settlements in the West Bank were considered illegal and there were horrific um, targeting and torturing of, you know, expulsion happening by the Israeli police of the settlers. Came along President Trump. You want to say that it was a pre-election ploy? Fine. No problem. Can be that too. What did he use as a pre-election ploy? the settlements in the West Bank are now legal. Now, by the way, if one is going to pick pre-election ploy, it wasn't a very smart one because how many people understand how significant that is? <laughs> Not very many. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a really wisely thought up pre-election ploy, and yet he chose that. He chose something based on Parshish Lechel. Well, who made him choose it? Of all pre-election gifts that you're going to offer, who made him give that gift? Avram Avinu. Also his grandfather. Right? Grandf- or somehow connected, you know, Asav's grandfather. Avram Avinu is Asav's um, grandfather. It's also his grandfather. His grandfather, Avram Avinu, told him, it's the Parsha when we acquire the land. Give us our land. You, Asaph. You want to put? Give us our land. Stop holding our land back from us. The process of Geula depends on the land of Israel formally belonging to the Yidden. Of course it belongs to the Yidden. But you have this cliff of, of agreeing to that rather than fighting it. You have this cliff to stop fighting that truth. That's your group. That's your that's your schutz. So he has a few schutzim before the election that he has in his back pocket. Good for him. And clearly, Avram Avinu was telling him, "I'm your coach. I'm your poli- I'm your political coach." Imagine somebody having a political coach. They, I'm sure they do political advisors. Tell so you do this, 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 this if you want to win. He is the best 
Trump has the best political advisor right now, and he's willing to listen to him. That it has the wisest political um, policy. Who's his political advisor? Jared Kushner? Nah, maybe. He probably is. But he's got his drawbacks. As Avramazina? No. That's a good political advisor. And Avramazina was saying, stop fighting that the land of Israel belongs to the Jews. Every part. Including Kani, 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 Stop fighting it. And he said, okay. No more... We, the United States now formally recognizes that the settlements in Israel on the West Bank are not illegal. They're legal. We're not going to bother you anymore. It's massive. It's massive. We can't even imagine the impact of that. It's just massive. Plus, we're getting all of the Arabs to become your friends. And somehow an Abba Mavino got all these Arab nations to say, yeah, what were we thinking? What were we thinking? Why, you know, why shouldn't we be in an alliance with, with, with the Jews? <laughs> Look what they can offer us. What do we, why should we fight them? They have so many, they have so much to offer us. Well, why, why, why would you want to have the Jews as your enemy? That's crazy. They have the know-how, the technology, the brains, the, the, te- the this, the that, the development, the, the talents, the this, the everything, the oil. The, they have it all. Why do we hate them? Let's hate the losers. Why are we hating the winners? All of a sudden, Avram Avinu is getting through to, to Yishmo, and Yishmo is saying, why are we hating the winners and loving the losers? Enough. The Palestinians are losers. And the, the Jews will have their winners. Why are we hating? We just have to switch. Let's hate the Palestinians. They're just the lowest dregs of Arab society. It just um, drains everything from everybody, plus plus, and double-crossers, plus plus. And the Jews give. The Palestinians take the Jews' give. What are we thinking? But the penny dropped. Now, the penny drops in the non-Jews, as the Rebbe indicated in Tavshin and Beit. When the Jewish people do certain certain things, all of a sudden, the non-Jews wake up and say, oh boy, what was I thinking? An example was when the Rebbe said that Rabbanim around the world paskened that the Rebbe is Melech Mashiach. All of a sudden, the nation said, hey, why should we make war? That doesn't make any sense. Let's create a peace treaty among all nations. What, let's end the Cold War between Russia and the United States. Well, that was logical. The Rebbe said, you think it happened by itself? It happened because Rabbanim Paskin all over the world was the Rebbe's Mashiach. And it gave the Kayach to the non-Jews to suddenly wake up and say, peace is better than war. Let's cooperate. Let's end the Cold War. Just like that. So we understand that there's a certain level of mysterious nefesh that's demanded of us now to get the non-Jews to make logical, good, healthy decisions for the world, for us, and for them. So, okay, so going back to the sikha, though, 
if Lech Lecha, again, we said yesterday, Lech Lecha is a preparation for Matan Taira, and Lech Lecha is a preparation to acquire Eretz Yisrael. How are they connected? Why do you need a physical land? What is Matan Taira? Matan Taira is that there was spiritual and physical, and the two were disconnected. And at Matan Taira, the divider between them was removed. So now the two of them are not disconnected, but rather they become connected. This changes everything. The spiritual comes down to the lowest realms. We're familiar with this idea. And Lechlecha, when Avram Avinu was 75 years old, before he was 75, he really served Hashem and recognized Hashem in a very strong way. He publicized godliness in the world with Mr. Esnefesh. We saw about in Ur Kaskin. And the Rambam says about the great uh, service of Avram Avinu before he was told Lechlecha. He, when he was three years old, he already recognized the truth. And he, then he went around and called out in the name of Hashem. And he was, so to speak, doing this thing. He was getting the whole world to understand there is a God and serve him. And he was an Eitan. From Eitan, he was, he was a giant, you know, from the word Chayzik and Titus. He stood with all of his, he stood with all of his power against the whole world. It was Avramavini. The whole world was one, on one side, and he was on the other side. And he did not mind being an only, one and only voice standing against the entire world. And that was, he was, that was when he was Avram and not yet Abraham. And he had such an effect on his place that he was in Haran, Haran of Shomakam. And and he changed the place from Haran to Harana. A place he changed it from a place that was so anti holy to a place that was holy. Hara says, Artsacha, Moladitcha, Besavicha. He was told to leave his land, his birthplace, his father's house. What do you mean Artsacha? He had an effect on his father and his homeland and his birthplace, that it became Hashem's place. Backwards, you know, reverse engineering, he had an effect on all of those places. That's how powerful he was. And again, we have to realize this is, this, this is when we talk about it, wow, he had an effect. Who was it? Avram Avinu. Oh, wow, that's so amazing. We have to remember it's happening in real time this week. He, this same Avramavinu that we're reading about the way he was once upon a time. That's nothing compared to the way he is this week, this year. With all of his power, he is using all of his power to now make the most, the most depraved, ugly places into Artsakhah. The same place that he was told to leave it behind. Get away from, run away. Then he was told, run away from Artsakhah. Moladukhah, Beisavichah. Run away from these places. Run away from your land. It's a bad place. It's an evil place. 
Run away from your birthplace. It's an evil birthplace. Run away from your father's house. It's an evil place. We don't do that anymore. We Now what we do, and that was already begun then, over 3,000 years, three, over 3,500 years ago. What began then? Why do you have to run away? Transform it. Make it into Artsakha, Maladzakha, Beisavicha. Don't have to transform it. You don't have to run away from it. Just transform it. Especially when it gets to a point in history where there's no place to run to. Once upon a time, you could run away. Once upon a time, you could run. Excuse me, what's that? Am I, is it okay there? Yes. Once upon a time, you could run away from your father's house, your all these places. He was, there was enough room in the physical world for Avram Avinu to be told, leave there and go somewhere better. Run away. There was enough space in the world. There isn't enough space in the world because it shrank now to run away. There is no place to run away from or to, except to run into sight of Kalami. So now the Avaita is run away from the Mali Kalami. Run away from the laws of nature and run into, run away from Elohim and run into Yudke Vavke. You know, run into Hashem, Hashem Elohim, Havayu Elohim. Run away from Elohim. The world of nature, where the laws of nature dictate that, this, that, that, that seems, and all this other stuff. Leave that. That's the only place we leave behind. We no longer run away from physical places. Avram Avinu, 3,000 and some years ago, was told, run away from a physical place, go to a better physical place. Go from the unholy land to the holy land. Now he's telling us, he's being told and he's telling us, we can't run away from physical places anymore. They, they, they pursue you. You know, they know where you are on your cell phone. You can't run. It's ridiculous and childish to think if you prepare a boat on the coast of Long Island, you know, and you can run somewhere like, yeah, you'll get about 42 seconds before they... But not really. They... they you know, they know where you are at every single second. There's no running to a physical place. And Avram Avinu is saying, good, great. No problem. But they are watching us. They have control over the physical places. It's a pretty small planet. Where are you going to go? Oh, we'll go to Mars. Eh, you think any, it's any better on Mars? They already did with the Bermuda Triangle and all that stuff. So the powers that be, the bad people of Asa and Yishmo, they, they have us tracked. But there is some, there's a place that they don't have control over. They don't have control over Mamalikal Amin and Sardis Kalamin. They don't have control over Elohim and, and Havaya. They don't have control over the interplay between Elohim, Hashem, in the laws of nature, and Yudke Vavke, Hashem, above the laws of nature. That they can't control. That's in the domain of the Jew. And and that level where Hashem, the sukkah, the makif, the schach, the schach, a very, 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 very holy, holy energy, a holy domain that you can't quite get your hands on. But we just finished sitting in the sukkah and saying and doing the mitzvahs of the sukkah and we finished all of Tishrei when we were pulling, 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 pulling this very high level down. 
into our lives, they weren't sitting in the sukkah. Yaakov Avinu was sitting in a sukkah. Yaakov Avinu was going through all the steps of Tishrei. Esav was not. Yishmael was not. Bill Gates was not sitting. My knowledge, Bill Gates didn't build a sukkah. And he didn't, you know, he didn't dance hakafas on Shemini He didn't do all that stuff. So he wasn't pulling down the makif powerful energy, you know, like reminiscent of the Eitan, the Chazik, the Taikaf, the powerful energy of Avram Avinu. He wasn't pulling that one down. So he seems to have some rulership over the physical world, Mamali Kalam, but not over Shaivit Kalam. So now it looks like Avram Avinu is saying, the journey is still, you know, leave behind. We're always going to leave behind and go to the Holy Land. But it's not, it's cyberspace now. It's not a physical location. It's a spiritual location. Leave behind, as we say, leave behind the Malikalamin, believing that we're, tr- we're trapped in the laws of nature. And I'm speaking to myself when I'm saying this. And, and step into Saizus Kalamin where we're free. We're the only ones who know how to navigate around Saizus Kalamin, around that reality in which it's above the world, above the laws of nature. And the laws of nature have no, are not effective over there. And it's us and Hashem. The Shmini Yitzharis energy. That place, that Shmini Yitzharis energy, where it's just us and Hashem dancing together with the Torah. With the Torah. And we're the feet of the Torah. We're dancing together and we're joyful. That place, that Shmini Yitzharis energy, it seems like that's where we're being advised by Avram Avinu to run to now. It's not easy at all. Maybe it's easy for other people. It's not easy for me. And one of the tools that the Rebbe tells us to use is Simcha. What do we do on Shemini Yatzeret? We don't only get together with Hashem in this union where it's just us and Him and nobody else is allowed in. No non-Jews are allowed in, in there. But we don't just get together. When we get together, we sing and dance. And it seems like singing and dancing gets us to that place, which is an amazing thing. It's like the, the silly story about the person who used to walk into, uh, rather than majestic poles, the person would walk into light, light poles, you know, uh, electric poles on, this, on the street. And they said, why, why lamp, lamp poles? And they would say, why are you walking into lamp poles? And he said, well, I see that these really brilliant people who are these kind of absent-minded professors, they're walking down the street thinking all these brilliant things and they're so distracted they walk into lamp holes. I want to be as brilliant as them so that I'll walk into a lamp hole. Uh, walking into lamp holes isn't going to, make you, going to make you brilliant. You're taking the most external thing. It's ridiculous. I'm not going to become brilliant by walking into lamp holes. On the contrary. But here is a system where, again, we're in a private uh, union with Hashem and the Taira on Shemini Yatzeris and we sing and dance and the miracle is the Rebbe is saying all you have to do is you know walk into the lamppost sing and dance and it takes you back into the private union where it's just you and nobody else can get there and there's a lot of power there all you have to do is sing and dance it's unbelievable 
You know, all you have to do is walk into the land pool and you really will you be, become pr- brilliant. All you have to do is sing and dance like we do with, on Shemini Aserah and Simchus Torah and boom, you're going back into that private union with Hashem where there's ultimate power. And this is all being masterminded by Avram Avinu this week. We're with him. And so that's why I guess we see Avram Avinu pushed it through and he said to his, to his grandson Asaph, "No, stop fighting us on the land of Israel. You want success in your life too? Do what has to be done. And it works. So, um, so getting back to Lechlecha, this command of Hashem in this week that's happening, Let's leave it from the feeling of it's a story of yesteryear. This command that's happening to Avram Avinu and to us, his grandchildren, this week, it has everything to do with leaving behind a physical land and going to a physical land. And again, we just said, but there's no more physical land. But there still is one physical land that we have to deal with, the land of Israel. So, on the more spiritual level, what is Avram Avinu being told? Go away, leave behind all the Medidas Adbalas and Regilas in your Avaita. Leave behind all of the limitations and the things that you're used to in the way you served Hashem until now. Leave behind your old way of doing things. Leave behind even your Avaita, how you do things in the world. Leave behind the ways you do the way you do things in the world. You know, whatever it is, you know, all your old habits of how you do things in the world, leave it behind. That is the new Avaida. Not just leave behind the land of Haran. Leave behind the way you're used to doing things in the world and leave the way behind the way you, you the way you're doing things in general and leave behind all of the limitations of Kedusha. What if you're living a very holy life? And you don't do anything wrong. You're just sitting and learning deep Kaira all day long. You're sitting in a Kaira. You, you, you don't deal with the world. What can you do wrong? So Lech doesn't apply to you, right? Says the Rebbe, of course it does. Because you still have Medina's Vazbalas, the Kedusha. You still have holy limitations. Everything you're doing is good. But it still has a limitation. And Avram Avinu is being told with us this week, even that, let it go. There's a mechitza between upper, Elyon and Tachton, higher and lower. Um, that one has to go this week. You know, I guess that means also practically, when you say, look, this is who I am, let's face reality, whatever reality is. Let's go, let's let go of our ideas of you know, I know who I am. Let's be realistic. No, you know who you were last week or a minute ago. That was realistic. You no, know, we don't know who you're going to be a minute from now. Because every one of us knows that what we know as deep truth is not fully what we're living. What we fully experience and believe as we're learning a mimer and the sikha is not necessarily how we live in everyday life. 
So there's lots of room for growth. Do we have to feel ashamed of the fact that we're not a living example of everything we learn? Well, join. <laughs> nobody is except for the Nasi Adar. Everybody else is struggling to get, get there. Um, and so when, Av, when Hashem is telling Avram Avinu this week to go away completely from your land, your birthplace, your father's house, and he's being told, go to the land that I will show you. It doesn't say go to the land of Israel. This week he's been told, just as he was then, go to the land that I will show you. What is this land? Where should I go? Ere the Egla Oishka I will reveal it to you, you know, my essence to your essence. I, I'm not telling you where you're going. That would defeat the purpose. I'm saying, in my, my very essence to your essence, let's follow essence to essence coaching experience <laughs> so that it becomes revealed in this lower world the truth that the truth of this lower world is really the truth of Hashem. That's the Chiddush of Lech Lecha. Avram Avinu was not satisfied with the way he did things for his first 75 years. It was a very lofty way of living for 75 years. And and yet, at age 75, here he gets his command, leave it all behind, and he did. He went on the road. The original hippie, right? He went on the road. And what happened? When he, he went on the way, what's it? He put his backpack on and he's on the road. What was the Kiddush? Halicha. He introduced something called Halicha. Lech. Halicha. The true Halicha is that you go away completely from your previous situation, even a holy situation, and you go halicha You go into a progress that's above any limitation. And with him, there was a continuation, level after level after level. He didn't just leave the land of Haran. He didn't just leave his old ways once. He just kept leaving it and leaving it and leaving it and leaving it and leaving it. You know, 40 years ago, we asked Rabbi Friedman in Minnesota, so what is a Baal supposed to be doing? A Baal knows how to let go of his entire previous lifestyle and way of living and change it completely. Now that he knows how to do it, his job in life is to do it again and again and again and again and again. Can't be like everybody else. If you're a Baal you've done it once. Maybe the rest of the world People born like this never did it. They don't know how to do it. You did it. So now that you know how to do it, that's your job in life. Keep doing it. Leave behind your old way. Leave behind your old way. Leave behind your old way. Every time you come to a new normal, stay there a bit, and then you move move further. And do and and Avram Avidu did it in both directions, above to below, below to above. Meaning, from the land of Haram, he went up to the land where Hashem would show him. 
um, he went from a very low place to a very high place. And also, what about from below to above? He began to do this avaida of unifying spiritual and physical. Bringing godliness into the physical world. Into a very low place. And where do we see it? Especially the midst of Brismila. And with that, and the changing of his name from Avram to Avraham. The Avraham and Gaim First he was Avram. He was only the father of Aram. And now he became the father of the whole world. That's happening this week. Today. This week. The year Tavshin Pei'al, 2020. How do you see that? We knew. You know, Abraham, of course. Avraham Avinu, you know, it's our father. Avraham Avinu, he's our father. Think anybody else is thinking about it? Certainly not Esau. Esau is not busy thinking about Avraham Avinu as our father. And Tyra would say, Avraham Avinu, he's our father, the father of the Jewish people. Okay, maybe Yishmael was a little bit, you know, they talk about, oh, Abraham is our father. But um, this week... These weeks, miracles. Avram Avinu is really paying attention to his children, really getting them on board and getting them to be cognizant of the fact that, you know, Abraham Accords. We will let Avram Avinu direct us. It's, it's almost as if Avram Avinu is switching in these weeks from Avram to Avraham from being the father of Aram to the father of the whole world. He's become, stepping into, in this week, and in these weeks, being the father of the whole world in a way that the whole world wants him to be. Abraham, Abraham Accords. And it's because he had this progress in the world, Avramavinu. He's achieving the bearer, the purification, not only of his place, Aram, but he's, he's clearing up and cleaning up the whole world. Now, he's cleaning up the whole world. He's fixing the whole world. He's purifying the whole world. So it becomes Avhaman Gayim, the father of many nations. He becomes the Balabayit for many nations. Um, and with the power of Eitan, real power, incredible spiritual power, He's taking over the world for Hashem. That's what he was put into this world to do. But until this moment of Tavshin Pe'alus, of Lech Lecha, he had limited ability to exert his power over his children. Comes Tavshin Pe'alus Parshas Lech Lecha, an ability to rule the world and tell and, and direct his children has been unleashed in an unprecedented historical way that really never happened before in all of history. And it's happening as we speak. And so, because he was able to do this unlimited progress, and achieve this purification from above to below over the whole world. Therefore, it brought a progress 
a very high proverb, Er Eka. But he's able to somehow step into Egra Oitzchab Asmacha. And the opposite. Because he was able to go higher and higher, that's why we are able, we. He is activating us to be able to purify the lowest of the low. Us. He's not doing it all himself. He's giving us the ability to do it. To, he's giving us the ability to elevate the lower world so much that they become synonymous with the upper world. Avram Avinu, our father, is giving us the ability to make these lower worlds look similar to the spiritual world. Pretty good. That was what happened in Matan and that was is what will fully happen in Yemaisa Mashiach. And that's, by the way, and that's all centering around the elections. The elections are all about, do we want this new point that Avram Avinu has come to in his ability to affect his children all to the same values of holiness? Do we want that to continue? Or, God forbid, all of that progress be undone? Very simple question. What are you voting for? You're voting for the ability of, of Avram Avinu to affect it, to continue affecting his children, to bringing the, bringing the whole world to Geula, or backtracking and undoing all the progress. God forbid. Very simple, very simple decision. Very clear decision. Not easy decision. Very clear decision. With all the nonsense on the TV, this one smiles, this one doesn't smile. This one speaks like that, this one speaks like that. This way and that way, it's down to one simple decision, what we just said. So, and that explains why Parshas Lechacha, within all of this, Parshas Lechacha is the third Parsha in the Torah, because Lechacha is all about, as we said, preparing for Mat and Torah. That's number three. There's upper one, lower, two. Union of them is three. Parshas Bracious is the world is created. Upper. Spiritual. Hashem creates the world. Nayach, number two, Parsha number two, is we do the work down here, the flood, etc. It's interesting that I watched the trailer of um, John Boyd. John Boyd is a very, very devoted friend of the of Chabad. John Void is very not Jewish, but he's a very, very, very devoted friend of Chabad, very, very close to Chabad, uh, to the Kinnan family. Very, very, you know, they had this interview with him, and he's so, you know, he's so enamored of everything with Jewish people. And so he was in a movie called Noah. And he played Nayah. And I watched the trailer, and it's very moving, actually. You know, they show the whole model, this and that. It's a Hollywood thing. But his part and his acting is it's very, um, it's very powerful. He was actually coached his role by Allah Shalom Semach Kuhn, who passed away a year and a half ago or something. Rabbi Semach Kuhn. He was coached in his role how to be a, 
you know, how to play the part of Naya in Hollywood. And he did a very, it was very powerful, uh, and we saw the trailer. It was very powerful how he says, I'm going to build an ark. I'm going to build a boat, an ark. They said, what's an ark? He said, it's a boat for us to, you know, et cetera. And you see when the whole novel is happening, you know, it's very, he, he does a very nice acting job and he's very heartic non-Jew, very heartic. Very, very enamored of, 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 of truth and Hasidus and the Rebbe and Jews and Judaism and all of that. So that's Nayach coming from below. You know, John Voigt. He was known in his youth to star in some not very Tzniasic movies, quite honestly. And now all he wants is Emmett. All he wants is Emmett. So that's Nayach. That's number two Parsha. And the third Parsha is Lechlecha. When we bring the two together. So, and this, this idea of putting together upper and lower Lechlecha to prepare from Basin Taira, how do we see it really expressed? Rismila. The Kayach that we have to do mitzvahs after Matan Taira what what's the difference between mitzvahs before Matantara and mitzvahs after Matantara? Mitzvahs before Matantara, you did mitzvahs, and then you could throw away the object that you did the mitzvahs with. Yaakov Vinu did tefillin with sticks and threw away the sticks. How do you throw away tefillin? What do you mean? Holiness did not remain permanently in the physical world. Once you finish doing it, like the schach, you wrap it up, you put it in the alleyway, and the gar- garbage men take it away. It was holy for those days of Sukkot, and now it's not. But most mitzvahs, tefillin, you don't throw away tefillin ever. Put them in shame. That's the way it was for everything. After Matan Taira, you did a mitzvah with a physical object. It stayed there. The holiness remained there permanently. The holiness didn't go away. So you don't throw away stone, ever. That happened because of Matan Taira. There was only one mitzvah before Matan Taira that had that energy already, that quality already. It was done before Matan Taira. In the days when it was all about mysterious nefesh and self-sacrifice and tremendous devotion. That's what before Matan Taira was about. Tremendous devotion, tremendous Kavana. After Matan the physical world is permanently infused with holiness. This one mitzvah has both energies. Once a person has a bris mila, that's it. That's it. Holiness is permanently engraved in the body. Tattoo, it's a tattoo. That's what we read in Fika. A tattoo in the body. Hashem's presence is, has changed the DNA of the Jew who has a bris milah. Well, there we go. This was the original changing the RNA and DNA of the human being. It's not something new. It's not uh, new to this vaccine thing. It's been done already. The first person who had it done was Avram Avinu. His DNA, RNA was changed permanently by bris milah. And every time a Jewish boy has, or a man, 
has a bris mila, his DNA and RNA, so to speak, his spiritual DNA and RNA, has changed permanently. That's the that's that's the real vaccine. So this mitzvah really expresses holiness comes down into the physical world and it never leaves. And it's specifically this mitzvah, Brismila. So it was this bridge from, from before Mazantira to after Mazantira. A mitzvah that never leaves you. And that's why when Avram Avinu needed a holy object so that there could be an oath, when he said to his servant, put your hand under my thigh and, and swear because there had to be a holy object. There was only one. Is Bris Mila. Only one at that point in the whole world. And so this Bris Mila was like all the mitzvahs after Matsantira. And so it connected all the other mitzvahs that the Avas did with all the mitzvahs since Matsantira that we do. So Maita Avas, Sinan We are connected to our, our forefathers. Their energy is given to us. Our energy is given to them. And and why this mitzvah? Of all mitzvahs, to be the bridge mitzvah. There's a chiddush in this mitzvah. It, 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 in the, it, it's engraved, not just, it's not just a physical object, a chair, a table, a this, a that, a piece of leather, in the physical body of a Jew. There aren't that that many mitzvahs, maybe none. There are probably no other mitzvahs that we do that create a permanent change in the physical body of a Jew. Only one. Bris A permanent DNA RNA change. There's only one. And it's interesting that, you know, with all the scary research about this vaccine that they're trying to push... That's what they're talking about. So where do they get it from? It's obviously from the side of the opposite of Kedusha. They're mimicking what somehow in their mazel they kind of know about from Brit Mila. Causes a permanent change in the body. That's what they want to do. And they want to use it for their purposes. But we're going to decide. They can't because it's already been done. Too late. Like the example of when it came to the time of Napoleon, who would win? Napoleon? Or who wanted, had very evil plans for the Jewish people? Or the, or the other side? And the decision was in that year, when was it? 1812. Whoever blew Schiffer first, their decision would be accepted. From, by Hashem. And the author of a blue shifer first. He did not win, want Napoleon to win because of Napoleon's evil spiritual plans for us. So it was already done. Shifer was blown. Anybody else is already second. What we're saying now is although there are evil people who think they're, they have good intentions, who want to tattoo the DNA and RNA of, of mankind, 
You're second in line. It's already been done. Yeah, who did it? Avram Avinu, who was the first one. More than 3,333 years ago. Um, he had it done. 1948 was the date year he was born. Plus 99 is 2047. From creation, year 2047, 2047 from creation. And 2448, um, some 400 years later, would be Matantiris. Okay, so do the math. 3,333 years plus 400, 3,733 years, something like that. 3,733 years or something around that time ago, this tattoo was put into the DNA and RNA of Avram Avinu and of every Jew and really of the entire world. You can say that when Avram Avinu was tattooed, so to speak, with the bris milah, not just that every Jew then would also. His, he is the father of Esau and Yishmael. Yishmael also had the, he didn't have a bris milah, but he had a circumcision. So if their, if their father and grandfather, Avram Avinu, already had the RNA DNA in them changed, tattooed with the bris milah, then in a sense, the whole world, Esau and Yishmael, and of course us, have been tattooed with the RNA DNA tattoo of bris milah. So I guess anybody who wants to come along with the vaccine and tattoo our DNA and RNA now is already three and a half thousand plus years too late. It's already been done. Our the real tattoo of the bris mila happening this week is 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 the only real tattoo. So they're too late. So and as the Rebbe is saying, by doing this mitzvah, what what is installed in the body of a Jew? Ice who bris a covenant with a friend, brisi b'sarachem the bris ayam, a covenant in your flesh forever forever, which then affects all, and we'll see in a second, it all has to do with the physical world, because one of the reasons for this is to weaken the chumrius, the, 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 the physicality of that aspect of the body and that aspect of a person's life, and that requires a great care. And the chiddush is, the novelty is, the mitzvah is not only about avoiding wrong things, but it becomes an, something of, of holiness. Brith Eilam. This Brith Mila becomes Brith Eilam. Eternally. Nitzkila Eilam. And Eilam, and here's the Chiddush. Eilam the Bitharusha. What does Eilam mean? It's Vagoli Lachal Umat Eilam. It becomes visible to all nations of the world that this stamp is in the physical flesh of a Jew. This tattoo. It permanently has permanently changed the DNA RNA of a Jew, and the whole world knows it. And that's been one of the issues of that maybe annoyed 
especially uh, annoyed Asa throughout the generations that we had a Brit Mila, and he didn't. Yishmael did have some kind of circumcision, but but Asa did not, and was none too happy about it throughout all these 3,333 plus years. There's a lot of nasty anti-Semitism just because of that Brit Mila. But that hopefully has come to an end. That resentment. I guess we're in the last... They're saying, oh yeah, you have a RNA tattoo, DNA tattoo? Well, we're going to give a stronger one, but they can't because theirs is not coming from holiness. Theirs is coming from the opposite of holiness. So it, 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 it doesn't have the same power. It feels powerful, but it can't, doesn't have the same power. And so we can say that the holiness and the eternity of the mitzvah, we see it comes down into a physical thing. Holiness comes down into a physical and chumrius thing. And it brings out the eternity of godliness. That even to such an aspect of a person's life, of their relationship, and their own physicality, holiness goes there. Not afraid. Shem's not afraid. to go into people's lives in every aspect of their life. On the contrary, he creates those aspects and then says, and now I'm going into that aspect of your life. So it gives the kayach in all the mitzvahs of the Abbas, that might abbasimimabunim, that for doing all the mitzvahs, when we do mitzvahs now, what are we infused with? Um, that there should be installed um, in openly and betimius kedusha in the physical world. That mitzvah makes it that any mitzvah now can have holy, permanent, powerful kedusha engraved in it, and any mitzvah you do links you up with permanent Kedusha. And that's why Dafka, the mitzvah of Mila, Hashem, with that mitzvah, Hashem changed Avraham Avinu's name from Avram to Avraham. Because the mitzvah of Mila gives the Kayach to purify all of the nations of the world. Again, the mitzvah of Brit Mila gives the Kayach for us to purify all the nations of the world. The Gashmias and the Chumrias, in the lowest of the lowest, meaning that Hashem should be able to shine in all the nations, in all aspects of life, called Kayachapayo Benifo, and to ultimately bring about the Haifel Hashem Amlucha, that the whole kingship, sovereignty, should belong only to Hashem. Through what? Through our Bris Mila, this in this in, instills the Kayach of Brismila into the, the Kayach of Kedusha permanently into the whole world. And not only that, Brismila is all connected to the land of Israel. So to end off, tomorrow we're going to really go into why exactly we need a physical land that makes this whole 
process of a Jew and Tyra and Hashem and the holiness and the purification, etc., why it all comes together around, comes together with a physical land, the holy land. Tomorrow we're really going to open it up and explore it. But we're going to end today by saying that we already see with the myth of Brit Mila, it's the same question. You know, there's us, there's Hashem, there's Tyra, there's holiness, there's this, there's that. What do you need this? Risk Mila thing for, you know, save yourself a few bucks. What do you need a mile for eight days? Enjoy your baby to get dressed. Come to the bris, the whole thing. You just had a baby. Who needs it? But clearly, not only do we need it, not only does Hashem need it, the entire world needs it. The entire world is cognizant and thinks about a lot. And certainly in the past, more, thought about the fact that we have a special a special bond, a special covenant with Hashem through the bris mila, and it, it was a very important piece of information to the to the world, and remains a very important piece of information. As we said, this tattoo. Why do you need a tattoo in the flesh? We will yet see because this issue of the tattoo and the DNA through the vaccine, Hayalatia, it should never happen. God forbid. Since it has, it is. A, about it, it, it is the issue of the day. We're now going to step into clearly an understanding of the world of DNA, RNA. I mean, I'm saying I can't promise you that 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 the bris mila is so to speak a tattoo in the DNA and RNA, but so to speak. But since it is something of that nature, and this this issue is coming into the world very strongly, and everybody's going to have to make a decision based on whether they want this DNA tattoo through the vaccine. Every the 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 understanding in the world of what Brismila has been, is, and will be will start to just explode into the world, and the understanding of what it means a covenant with Hashem. And what it means, Hashem, and what it means, a Jew, what it means, what means Tyra, Hashem, Jew, truth, etc. All of this is going to start to emerge into the world through us, through ourselves, the teachers, the leaders, the Mashpiyim. So that we can bring from the ground up, from grassroots, in a grassroots way, usher in the reality of the Haifa Hashem Amlucha, that the whole the, the the sovereignty of the entire world is none other than than Hashem, and it will be our schlus, and we should have it immediately in lech lecha. We should be able to let go of our old mindset, our old habits, our old everything, and move immediately at this moment into that reality. Bahaisa Hashem and bring the world with us. Now.